Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I was and still am a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. My guest this week is Amelia Copeland. Amelia has a degree in biomedical sciences and is now full on pursuing a creative career in acting and filmmaking and bread baking. She and I have an in-depth conversation, not just nerding out about the biomedical sciences, which we both truly love, but also she had a very interesting high school experience where she had people actively, actively stifling her creativity. I do not think this is a unique situation to the British school system, but you'll hear her story about how in high school, again, she had teachers and other people in her community actively trying to smush down her creative spark. Not just her, but other people in her school. And again, I don't think this is unique to the British school system. I think there probably were a lot of probably well-intentioned, well-meaning people who stifled a lot of creative sparks. And I mentioned this in the podcast, but man... Who knows what was smushed creatively growing up and what we've all missed out on as a society if people's creative spark got squished by by teachers and people in positions of authority. Anyways, <laughs> Amelia is absolutely wonderful. She's a member of Women in Film and Television Toronto and the Firecrackers when she was based in Toronto. She's now based in the UK. You will notice that she's now based in the UK because there is a lag in the video version of this episode. Because, you know, the internet had to go up to space and then across a very large body of water for us to communicate. Uh, but we all fixed it. It's all fine. You know, no big deal. We interrupted each other left, right, and center. But it happens. It's technology. The fact that we get to communicate with each other with barely any technological interruptions is pretty darn cool. Please enjoy the lovely, the hilarious Amelia Copeland. Creepy about massive quantities of birds. Oh, <laughs> definitely plotting something. Yeah, that's frightening. <laughs> definitely. So yeah, tell me your story. Uh, how did you get into acting? How did you come about? Because you're you're now in Toronto still, right? Is that right? No. So I'm back in the UK. Uh, so in 2019, I was like, okay. I'm going to try living in another country. So I chose Canada. Never been to Canada before. Never even been on a plane before. And I was just like, I'm just going to, I'm going to try living in another country and I'll choose Toronto because it was either Toronto or Vancouver. But I vaguely knew some people in Toronto. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to move to another country, it's probably the smartest idea to move where I know a f- couple of people. <laughs> people that I'd never met in real life, but just literally internet friends and going, okay, This is probably the smarter idea, but it was still very overwhelming. And then I came back for Christmas in 2019, and then the whole world imploded, and I'm still in the UK, and my visa expired, and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. How did you get into acting? How did you come about uh, into this crazy career? I did my degree in biomedical science, which is completely different to acting. But I think I always knew deep down that I wanted to be an actor. So in primary school... I don't know if everyone's primary school did Shakespeare, but we did Shakespeare in like year five and year six. And I was like Duke Orsino in year six, which I thought was pretty cool. There was literally boys in the class and they did not get one of the lead male roles. <laughs> I, I was like, 
this is so cool. I think I had like a little, I want to say I had like a little trilby hat or something. Like, going a bit more like modern with the costumes and things. And I felt very cool. And, but then I went to secondary school and it was a uh, science and math specialist school to the point where you couldn't study drama. It wasn't an option. There was art classes. So I did art GCSE, but the art teachers had a very narrow view of what constituted like good art. So everyone's art sort of came out the same because you'd, you'd feel the need to interfere. I'd be like, oh, I don't think I don't think you should do that. You should change it and do this instead. Blah, 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 blah. What if you do this? It's like, let people have their creativity. Uh, so I didn't do art at A-level. I wanted to. Uh, but I just didn't because I was like, I'm being stifled. And there was a drama club for, I think, my first year of secondary school. But it was, again, so it was run by an English teacher who, again, had a very narrow view of what constituted good art. And also some, like, the older students. So it, wa- it wasn't, like, the best drama club. And then it soon got ditched because I, I think the English teacher left or something. And we got a new English teacher. So there was no one to run it. And... It was literally to the point that they hated the art so much that one of my friends, when we were in sixth form, wanted to start a glee club and was told that... I can't remember exactly what they were told, but along the lines of, no, this is a waste of time. And because I spoke to the music teacher and he ended up leaving because he felt like he wasn't being respected in the school, which is like really sad because... Basically, the deputy head... I don't know about the head, but I know that the two deputy heads were very much like... We were trying to churn out lawyers and doctors and all these things. Like, the arts are less than. And that... When when we had the end of year... It was like a presentation being like... Oh, these are all our students and they're going off to do all these wonderful things. There was literally people that were going off to do art degrees... And instead of saying, oh, this person's going off to study fine art or this person's going off to do this, it literally said they were going off to do a gap year <gasps> rather than what they were actually doing. Because they just didn't, I, I don't know, they just clearly just didn't want it printed in the program that their students were going off to do art degrees. So there was like no opportunity to do drama and I like lived in the middle of nowhere so there was basically like no drama clubs or anything. So I got to university and I was like, I want to join the Amateur Dramatic Society. And I did. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really love this. I definitely do love this. Like, I could remember being a kid and getting to play around. And like, there, was, there were opportunities in secondary school where we got to do like role plays for things. So like in geography or in German, that was one where we had to do lots of role plays. Because obviously they want you to speak German. Uh, I don't remember much now. But basically our teacher was like, as long as you're speaking German and you're on the theme. So like it had to be like, you're at the doctor's and it's got to be in German. Go. And then we'd come up with something that was like really weird and wacky. And it was really great making people laugh because like a lot of people just do things like, oh, it's got to be in a shop. So I'm just going to just going to go and buy some carrots. Can I have some carrots, please? Here you go. Here are your carrots. Whereas we would just take it to an extreme and it'd be like, we're going to the grocery store and there's a robbery and all these crazy things taking place or like you're at the doctors and someone's just given birth to Shrek and <laughs> just taking it completely out there. But our, our German teacher didn't mind. She's just like, well, the German's good and you're having fun and people are laughing. So 
so I knew that I enjoyed it and I enjoyed making people laugh and enjoyed being creative and having like these weird ideas and going, I've got this really weird idea. And I'm going, yeah, let's do that. So yeah, joined the Amsterdam Dramatic Society. And then from that, there was someone there that posted on Facebook about them doing some extra work. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's this? This is cool. And he told me about this casting agency called Phoenix Casting Agency, which I then joined and I got to do some extra work on that. And I was like, yeah, this is really cool. I love this. It's so fun. And I also, so alongside my degree in biomedical science, I was doing literally as much creative stuff as possible to the point where one of my housemates was like, do you actually ever read anything for your degree? Because I only ever see you reading like drama books. Like I've never seen you actually reading a biomedical science textbook. And I was like, yeah, but I, I knew deep down that biomed was not what I wanted to do. And I was just, I think the fact that no one had ever said to me, like the arts are a valid option. So I just was like, trying to convince myself that biomed was a good idea blah 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 so I just stuck with it but I was doing as many things alongside as possible so like I joined the burlesque society I did pole dancing did a bit of aerial silks joined the circus society where I learned how to breathe fire I don't know if I can still do it I haven't done it in a while but probably there's some paraffin upstairs <laughs> give it a go afterwards um and, but I also joined the radio club because one of my flatmates was like oh you should join radio club it's really fun and I was like fine I'll give it a go and one of the people that I did a radio show with uh studied media and one day he said to me oh you you do amateur dramatics right and I was like yeah he said oh my friend on media course needs someone to be in a student film like would you be up for that and I was like yeah I'll give that a go and I was like oh my gosh the film stuff is even better than like the the stage stuff and I was like oh my gosh the, uh, I love this oh my god and then I was just trying to get as much experience as possible like doing student films I uh, signed up to Mandy and I can't remember if I ever got any work through Mandy I feel like I spent a lot of money and just didn't get much back from it um, but then I found out about a murder mystery society and so for the casting website in the UK Spotlight you have to have I want to say it's like four professional paid credits to be able to be on there but you need to be on there to be like a professional actor and so I joined this murder mystery society I'm not gonna lie it was not the best time the general public are not great <laughs> When you're having to interact with them. They are... <sighs> the problem was that murder mystery parties, it ends up being people being dragged for like an office party. And there's always people that don't want to be there because they're being dragged for the office party. So they get drunk. And then they start misbehaving on purpose. And there was... I can remember the first one I did. There was some... It's always a white man being like oh I'm gonna cause like loads of havoc ha 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 wouldn't it be funny if I like try and like nitpick all these things that the actors are doing oh I'm so great ha 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 and you're trying to stop like mitigate this chaos but also not make it so that the people aren't having fun like you want to have fun but they they always find a way to overstep 
Like, there was one time where these... I was going around the room, these guys were quizzing me, being, like, trying to make me break character, being like, oh, so how long have you been doing this for? Uh, blah, 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 ask me those questions. You're like, what do, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> how long have I been doing what for? Oh, uh, just tell us who the murderer is. And I'm like, what, what are you on about? Like, the murder hadn't happened yet. And... Uh, you're like trying to stay in character, but then it gets to the point where there was one where a member of the public tried to lift my skirt up oh, because sake. so there was a bit where I'd shown earlier on that it was like a Moulin Rouge themed one and I had a garter belt and then by the murderer they'd seen there was a garter belt so they instantly assumed that I must have been the murderer. And so they thought it was appropriate to try and lift my skirt up. And that wasn't cool. And there's also apparent. I didn't see it myself, but there was cases apparently of people, like the members of the public, trying to get the dead bodies to like break character by like they'd literally be like kicking them and poking them and oh stuff. My and God. I was just like, I, I'm not gonna lie, the scripts weren't the best either. Like I, it, it seems to be very much like it's rotating around the male characters and the female characters are there for support. But anyway. I got my credits. I was like, I'm going to stick it out to get the credits. Uh, and then I got my credits, got my spotlight, and I was like, I'm never doing this again. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, would not... Although, I did do an immersive theatre project where I got to be a zombie and chase people around the woods. That was great because they're like, they like, they got into it. They were like really afraid. And... That, that was good. It's, it's nice when people get into it and they're enjoying themselves and they're not actively trying to disrupt. Mm. It's like when people take their phones to the theatres or something. Yeah. And you're just like, put it away. Oh, Why are you here? God, I do some improv and it's like that all the time, right? You take improv classes and your improv classes are with your peers who also want to do improv. But then when you get thrown onto the stage, like I did a live show, what was it, last week... And you've got the yeah the general public yelling suggestions at you instead of like other improv friends yelling suggestions at you. You're just like, oh my god. You can just predict what they're gonna ask scream, right? Anything sexual, anything Donald Trump, you're like, great, cool. Real original. <laughs> so you get your spotlight, which I think is equivalent to our I think like in Canada it would be like kind of casting workbook like actors access. Like is that the casting site in the UK? It's very similar, but I think... I don't know... Do you have to have professional credits for joining Casting Workbook? Because I joined Casting Workbook, and I don't remember seeing anything... No. Yeah, on Spotlight, it's a directory of actors. Uh, so it's like a casting directory, and it's where you the agents go to find actors, and where you go to apply for jobs, and blah, 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 blah. But all of the professional actors... Mm essentially have to be on spotlight so like tom hiddleston is on there and benedict cumberbatch and all these people and so to be classed as a professional actor in the uk you have to be a member of spotlight so got my little ticks got on there i'll still even i can remember sending the form and going like is this enough is the murder mystery enough um but they let me in. And so from there, do they, is that, is that, a, you said like a casting, so casting directors will look for you on that site? In theory. <laughs> in theory. Like you don't know who's looking at your profile and you can send your little link out to people, which is www.spotlight.com slash, and then there's a number code, which is your spotlight pin. And 
it's you can have all your resume on there you can have your show reels you can have your headshots you can have your training things it's just everything all in one place so it prints out nicely i think out of all of the casting websites that i've joined it's probably the better one it does give you a nice you can print the resume as well if you wanted to but it i think it's the most navigatable website that i have joined did you finish your biomedical sciences degree i did indeed i had to reset a few things in third year because by third year i was just like why why am i doing this to myself i just had no will to carry on this degree so i was just like fighting against it every step of the way and had to reset some things but i did finish it and i graduated and i have a certificate somewhere to prove it and some photos to prove that i did indeed graduate and then never use the degree ever again just have a load of debt for no reason literally the only thing i think the degree is good for is that i don't know if you found this but like people think that if you say i'm an actor there's like this preconceived notion that you're not that smart oh god whereas if you say i've got a biomedical science degree or in your case like i'm a doctor they go oh so oh so you're really smart then oh okay and it's like hmm i think that's literally the only thing it's good for is when people assume that because you identify as an actor that you're going to be really stupid (laughs) and they just casually bring up that you're not an idiot (laughs) um but other than that i have not used it for anything yet there's there's a few things i think in the future where i'd like to maybe do something that's trying to merge arts and science together because there is a lot of overlap but that project has not come my way yet so after you finish your degree what happens next after I finished my degree, I was bloody exhausted. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh my god! Oh. I just needed to lay down for a very long time. Uh, so I stayed in Plymouth for a bit, which is where I went to uni, and was just trying to dabble around with things again, like trying to do some short films, doing more extra work, trying to get like bigger parts i had one line in doctor who that was great how in the world did you get on that show that's so cool (laughs) and you were with peter capaldi as the doctor right yes i was so that is a treasured memory because he was just i had a so with my extra work they'd sometimes get like a few speaking bits for like little small things through and because I'd done quite a lot of extra work. I don't know. I'd like to say it's because I was very professional when I was doing the extra stuff. And they knew that I'd been doing all these other things alongside. And I was keeping my profile up to date and letting them know all the other things I was doing alongside. Like all these student films and things. And these little short films. And being very proactive. Being like, hello, I still exist. Please. Like, hi. And just being nice to people. And chatting to cast and crew like they say as an extra you're not supposed to talk to anyone but i was always that person that would be like oh hey how are you doing today blah, 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 blah. like befriending all the actors and things and so i got a message through being like would you like to do a little self-tape for this and i was like oh my god yes i was so excited i literally did not even get changed out of my pajamas so somewhere there is a self-tape of me 
in like a nice Star Wars pajamas, doing a self tape for Doctor Who, and because in the show my character has very messy hair. And it said that in the bit of script that I got. And so I was like back combing half my hair and things. And I literally did the first take, sent it in, was like, oh, maybe I should have like, maybe I should have paid more attention to that and like tried a bit harder. I don't know. Oh, I fucked it up. And then I was on Casualty as an extra and I was in our little green room and my phone rang and I picked it up and the... She was like, oh, I would like, I uh, just wanted to let you know that I uh, got the part on Doctor Who. And I was like, sorry, what? Can it just, just repeat that again, please? Cool, cool, cool. She's like, I just wanted to let you know you got the part on Doctor Who. I was like, cool, cool, amazing. I'll send you all the details, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I was playing it really cool. And I hung up the phone. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was really bizarre because we were... I was in Cardiff anyway, and then went to go to the Doctor Who exhibition, where there's like literally Peter Capaldi's face everywhere. And I was like, oh, I'm going to meet him soon. This is so fucked up. Oh my god. And but he was so nice. He was honestly like the nicest person to have that first proper onset experience with, because he, he like came and introduced himself. And there was this moment where he was chatting to the director. I was on my mark, and so he was like over there, and. He waved in my direction. And it's did that thing where you like look behind because you assume they're not waving at you. <laughs> and he was like, no, you. And I was like, me? And he was like, yeah, you. And I was like, ah, hi. <laughs> and then he, when he finished chatting to the director, he came over and he like had a little chat and he was asking if I, how I was doing and how I was feeling and all these things. And after literally every single take, he was like, you're doing so great. You're doing so great. Wow, well done. And I was just like, hmm. And then <laughs> there was a moment where they were changing the camera setup, and I was literally had to stop myself freaking out because I looked around and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm a Doctor Who, and the Doctor's here, and he's telling me I'm amazing, and if he says that I, I'm great one more time, I think I'm gonna cry." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Keep it together, keep it together, keep it together," because <laughs> before that I was like a massive Doctor Who fan, like I, I. Not not the old Doctor Who, like when there was the revival with like Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant and all these things. I, there, I have a very vivid memory of missing an episode of Doctor Who when it was David Tennant era and it was like the second of a Dalek. Uh, what's the word? Yeah. Like second episode in the Dalek little storyline. And I cried because I missed it. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I was like obsessed I was, i'd have dreams about going on adventures Amazing. with the doctor it was oh. it was that intense and so getting to do doctor who was I was like, so cool. <laughs> keep it together keep it together keep it together i didn't want to go home i was like <laughs> don't make me go but it was a really good time and he was so nice and i could i would have done it for free I would have happily done that for free. Uh, it was just such a pleasant experience. And if they ever want to do that thing where they bring back like a really minor character and give them a more major role, I'm definitely up for that because I'm into that. I'm into that. <laughs> I'm still just blown away. One, obviously by Doctor Who. That's just the coolest thing. But two, the fact that your high school would say that people going to do an arts degree were going on a gap year. 
That just, like, floors me. They just really did not respect the arts whatsoever. We had an activities week every year where I think was the only really opportunity where they thought, oh, we'll let them do some creative stuff. And we had to do a stop motion animation one year. I think when we were about, I want to say 13, 14. So we did one about, uh, so it was in Plasticine. We did a story about someone who drank Red Bull, thought it would give them wings and it did not. And they jumped off a cliff and died. And that was like My Chemical Romance playing as they like, because <laughs> we were like obsessed with My Chemical Romance. So it was like My Chemical Romance playing as they like fell down. And we put in a lot of technical detail into this. And again, the teachers were like, this is really inappropriate. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like, artistically, looking back on it, we tried really hard. Like we had... We had the main size figurine and then we made a mini cliff with like a, another mini figurine so it looked like he was in proportion when he was falling and things. And we tried really, like, made like a little tiny mini uh, Red Bull can and we tried really hard and all we got was like, this does not fit into our, our idea of what is appropriate for young ladies to be doing. Therefore, we're going to be like, mm, no, bad mark. <laughs> Obviously, if you stifle, like, the creativity of human beings, that's going to kind of explode like a volcano. But also, I think, like, we know that prohibition for anything doesn't work, right? Like, if you don't let people do creative things, they're going to find ways to do creative things because they want to and need to. Do you think that your schooling had an impact on, one, the degree you chose, and then, two the fact that you kind of said, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I, I miss that creative part of me. That is me. I think it definitely influenced the fact that... Uh, so when I was at school, I did think before I applied to do dentistry, oh, I think I want to be an actor. But there was literally no one saying that that was a viable career option. Like, I brought this up and it was a case of, no, why would you do that? That's insane. Uh, you're never going to get a job, blah, 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 all these things. Like, you haven't even done GCSE drama. Like, there's no way you'd even get in, blah, 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 all these things. Very negative. And, but I knew that it was something I really enjoyed. And all these little snippets that I'd got to, like, grab throughout high school. Oh, I've got a cat here. Wow, yes. All these snippets I got to grab throughout high school. I was like, I really enjoy this. This is really fun. And so for my A-levels, I did biology, chemistry, psychology, and IT. Like most people normally do three, but I did four because I was like, I want to get into dentistry and I need to like show that I'm better than the other applicants, blah, blah, blah. So I did four. And then I also did at AS level, I did maths. We all had to do critical thinking, which at the time I was like, why would anyone have to study critical thinking? This is stupid. Now I'm like, okay, they need to force every teenager to do critical thinking because there's clearly some people that like cannot think critically whatsoever. But we also, we all had to do an extended project qualification. So we had two options. Option one was to do a 5,000 word essay. Option two was to do a 1,000 word essay and make something. So I was the only person in my year that chose to make something. Literally everyone else chose the essay and I was like, absolutely fucking not. Are we allowed to swear? 
<laughs> okay, cool. Uh, I was like, absolutely the fuck not. No way am I just doing an essay. There's an opportunity to make something. Oh my gosh, we're gonna like <laughs> go wild. So I chose to do Victorian morning wear and customs. So like morning as in death, not morning as in opposite of night. Mm. So even then, the deputy headmistress said to me that making designing and making clothes was not intellectually challenging enough to the point (laughs) i was literally i so i don't know exactly what happened they put us into random classes and they had teachers looking over what we were doing just to supervise us while we worked on our extended project and i originally was in a class with someone called mr wade who was my chemistry teacher and he was really nice possibly like you know there's teachers that are so nice where you're like i feel like it's going to get to the point where people are going to like take advantage of their niceness but he was he was really nice and for some reason they shuffled the classes around and i ended up then having to do my extended project qualification in the same class as this woman that said that it was not intellectually challenging and i like refused to back down i was like i'm going to make something whether you like it or not and it got to the point where she wasn't letting me go do my sewing she was just like no so i had to i i, I would say i was a bit sneaky about it i went to some of the other teachers who organized the extended project qualification bit and was like oh i just um i feel like i i, I could do with being in a class where i can uh do my work a bit more easily i don't want to disturb the other people and i feel like in that other class i'm disturbing people and blah 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 blah. and so they moved me back to be with my chemistry teacher and i was just like oh can i go do some sewing and he was like yeah and i just let me just disappear off into the sixth form common room with my sewing machine and just sew on my own for like an hour no supervision (laughs) and i got stuff done and so i made i had a sketchbook with all of my ideas and designs and learning about how they'd put like locks of the deceased's hair in like a little like a bracelet or a necklace and did loads of drawings and studies and then I made this full outfit with a there's like a jacket and I made a little necklace uh as though it was like made of jet I don't think it, I can't remember if it actually was jet but I feel like it wasn't I don't think it was um I think I had to like use obsidian or something. And then a bustle skirt as well. And did a whole presentation dressed in this outfit about all the things I'd learned. And I got one of the best, uh, one if not the best mark out of the year for that year. Because I'd like put in so much effort. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, yeah. teacher saying that it's not intellectually challenging. Have you ever tried to fucking make a bustle skirt? Like, have you ever tried to make a bustle skirt? I, I'd never tried to make a bustle skirt before. Literally, the only thing I'd made before that was a pair of bloomers because I thought that that was really cute. And I was like, I'm going to make a whole jacket and a bustle skirt and did this whole massive sketchbook of drawings and putting like throwing all my artistry into this project. And I did really well. And I was just like, this is great. Why am I not doing this all the time? So I just did all the sciencey, mathsy things. And then gathered as much of that creativity while I did my extended project as possible. 
And then literally the second I got to university, I signed up to as many creative things as possible. I was like, give it all to me. I just need it all. Do all the things. Oh my gosh. And it got to the point I was doing so many societies that A, I forgot how many societies I was actually a member of. And B, I'd like walk through campus and there'd always be someone going, oh, hey. And people walking with me would be like, how do you know so many people? And it's because I go to loads of societies. It was basically my whole life was revolving around the societies and doing the biomedical degree was like the side job. Well, because if you were in school and you didn't have and you didn't have that, right? Like again, prohibition doesn't work. As soon as it becomes available to you, you're going to like overdose on this stuff. You kind of mentioned like arts and science, like hopefully one day there'll be a project for you that will be able to combine the two. Did you notice any similarities or anything that you pulled in like from your biomedical science or even just your science and math stays into now your art that you do? In both of them, there's always someone, usually a white man, a straight white man, who gets a job when they're very underqualified. Because I had that experience in my degree where people were trying to find where they'd go for their, you can do like a year in industry and optional, which I did not take because I was like, I want to get this over and done with as soon as possible. And there was someone that I'd done a group project with in the past, like literally only a couple of months prior to these industry things being given out. And he did the bare minimum. Like, he was trying to... It's like, second year of uni. And he was referencing using, like, Wikipedia and shit. And I was like, what are you doing here? Like, we've been here for two years. You know you've got to use proper references from journals. And we had to present this as a poster. And they suggested that we dress up, like, smart, formal, as you would do if you were at a proper conference. Did he? No, he was like, I, this is acceptable to come in like dirty trainers and jeans and like a crumpled t-shirt, blah, blah, blah. And he got a industry placement at literally one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world. And so that was like the first thing I thought of, because there's like, there's always people where you're like, hmm, interesting choice. (laughs) (laughs) I think also the fact that I learned how to do be vaguely organized and write a good spreadsheet. So last year when I was emailing emailing loads of casting directors and agents and stuff, I kept it all in a nice spreadsheet, uh, like who I'd emailed, uh, their email address, uh, whether they'd replied or not. And the answer was a lot of them don't reply. Uh, (laughs) And I think also the fact just like being curious about people in general, so although psychology was not part of my degree, there was they had a lot of courses that were very similar to each other. So they had like biomedical science and like human biosciences and there was like some nutrition things. And Some of them got to study psychology and some of them didn't. And I don't know why I chose the one that didn't have the psychology modules because I did psychology A-level and I really enjoyed it and was quite good at it. Except the essay writing part. Like, I'd be like, why have I got to write all these essays? Like, I know the stuff. Why have I got to write thousands of words on it? Uh, So I spent a lot of time getting psychology books out of the library and reading those alongside. And just, like, learning about people in general and finding that wonder in other human beings. Like, one of I can remember... I'm not going to lie. I don't remember a lot of the technical details of what goes on inside the human body anymore. I think I've just wiped it from my mind because it was all like a very minute cellular level um but i can remember the feeling 
of the first embryology lecture we had. And it was just, there was this sense of absolute awe and wonder from, I think, everyone in that class about, holy shit, like, this is incredible that humans exist. Like, every time a human is conceived, like, it's literally, like, a mini miracle is happening because this is insane. Like, what? (laughs) It's the way all the cells just rearrange each other and form into this little human. It's like, that's, that is witchcraft. And I think it's brought that curiosity and, like, appreciation of people in general. Just, like, the mere fact that we're all alive is a pretty... Pretty incredible and magical. I'm sure you probably have the same, where there's some things you learn about where you're like, oh my god, what? I remember a doctor mentor telling me this once, and it kind of blew my mind. And uh, yeah, she's like, I'm shocked more things don't go wrong with the human body, right? A lot of it's just like fluky fluke. (laughs) Witchcraft, I love that. It totally is. Yeah, it blows my mind. Yeah. So true, and the the stuff that we do to our bodies—the fact that we're still a species that's surviving—how I don't know. I know humans. I know humans. God, we're not worthy. We're really not. <laughs> Is there anything that you are looking forward to coming up this year? During the pandemic, I had no excuse to not do some writing because, again, when I was younger, I liked doing some creative writing, and I think I just sort of like fizzled out of it. But I tried to do some writing because I had a mentor with WIF Toronto and she challenged me to write something that was just like one room, two to three actors. And I came up with a script called Meat Eater, which is about cannibals. And it did quite well. Like it, I submitted it to the Killer Shorts competition and it was a semi-finalist. Uh, so that was very exciting. And I'm, so I'm trying to find a producer for it at the moment because I want to take it through the BFI short film fund process. And I'm also working on a pilot script that I, again, started writing in the pandemic. And so I've got a new WIF mentor because you like if you have to apply each year. So I got a different one. And so it's for children's animation. It's very female focused and lots of like disabled, like disability advocacy and lots of queer storylines, all these things for like, tweens animation all that sort of thing so i'm trying to work on that and then unrelated to the industry i got a book on baking bread because i really enjoy baking and just cooking in general and i got a book that it's like a deep dive into bread baking like artisan bread you know nice crusty round loaves um so i've got myself some really fancy proving baskets and things so I'm, I'm really excited to try making some of those because I like buying artisan bread and it would be cool if I could actually make it myself like I like everyone else I tried to do the sourdough starter thing it went okay yep. but I it got to the point where I was like this is a lot of effort <laughs> and I just sort of let it die um, so I want to have a go at making just some nice white crusty loaves and so I'm quite excited to do that Talk about art and science in one bread making. It is because there's so much overlap, and like especially if you go not just on like just food is like a whole art science overlap all the time, which I think maybe is one of the reasons I enjoy it so much. Because um, you're getting to use the science brain, but you're getting to use the art brain as well, and it's like a nice yeah. 
Blending. And I don't know if you've ever been to London to the Welcome Collection, but I feel like they do the blending of art and science quite well there. Like they have a lot of uh, ex- exhibitions where they because the Welcome Trust is a scientific institution, but I think they do the blending of art and science really well there. They have exhibitions on all different sorts of things where they're introducing like playful aspects to things. Like I remember there was a exhibition on it's like graphic design in science. So about how you can like use comics and posters to inform people in a country about how to deal with people that might have Ebola or the pictures and the text that you have to scare people away from smoking that cigarette so on the cigarette packet or even just the typeface that the nhs uses and all these things that you like that those are artistic things informing science and vice versa because it's there's so much linkage between these two ways of being where people think oh well there's art and there's science but they're like they're one and the same i think Deep down. Absolutely. And again, that just makes me kind of rage about your high school experience. Because, like, how dare they make the split? Like, how, like, when the whole world is, it's not like that. I know. Right? Like, how many people do you think missed out on their careers? I know. Although, that being said, although I say that there's like an overlap, in acting, I've never had to draw my own blood and look at it under a microscope. And yet. I've never had to, like, examine someone else. Yet. I've never had to, like, examine someone else's urine with, like, a dipstick. Or I've never had to, like, dissect a heart and go, oh, look at that. Uh, yet. <laughs> so, yet. I, I'm like, someday yeah. this is going to come into use i think maybe like, if they have to do a scene where i have to dissect something i'll be like get me in there like give me a scalpel <laughs> as an aside i am the surgical surgical hand double for someone on a tv oh, nice. show it's a medical tv show it's all the yeah. hands that you see doing the surgeries they're oh, that's cool. people like me doctors but then again oh. like I'm I'm not going to be the lead actor on the show because I'm not that I'm not great at acting yet. But I get to be on the set doing the thing. So yeah. there's my little blend of medicine and art. Does okay. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Maybe we need to write a medical yeah. show. I know there's a lot of medical shows out there to compete with, but I'm sure that we can find a fresh take on this. This is like a you're hearing it here first. Do you have any advice for anyone who maybe had a similar experience to you growing up kind of stifling their creative self and is now realizing they want to do it? I think just having a go and doing it. Like you don't have to jump all in. So if you're working somewhere, you don't have to immediately go, I'm going to quit everything and just try and make my life as an actor. You don't have to do that. Like you can you can take little baby steps. Like I'm in the middle of nowhere and there's still amateur dramatics clubs around me, all these sorts of things. You can go to the library, read some things, go to little classes, see if it's something that you enjoy. If it's like giving you that little sing of this is making me happy rather than sitting there going, I'm so miserable. I don't enjoy this. Like at the end of the day, they're all just jobs. And I don't think that jobs should be making you super unhappy. So if you're super unhappy and you want to try doing something else and 
you don't have to dive straight in. You can just take little little baby steps in that pond and have a little swim around a bit and just if it if it's vibing with your soul, just do it. Like life is too short. We although we're all miracles, uh it can be over pretty quickly. I think as the pandemic has like shown us you know, have that rug ripped out from underneath you in a second. Um like, do you really want to be going, oh, I really wish I'd have tried that. Yeah. No, you just want to like, uh, if you try it and you hate it, you can always go back to your old career working as whatever it was you were working as before, because you've still got all that experience and qualifications. And if it does work out, then it works out. So, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you, Amelia, for being my guest this week. Thank you for nerding out with me about biology and medicine and the sciences and psychology and Doctor Who. Amelia is a fascinating human being who's doing incredible things in her creative life now. I'm going to put links to her films that are coming out. She's got a lot of really great epic stuff that she touched on and has been doing since we had our interview together. I'm really excited to see what's in store for this badass I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye. Second Act Actors is produced and edited by me, Janet McMorty. Theme music by Guillaume. Additional sound editing by David Studio. Additional video editing by Jackie Wadewer. Show notes written by Sarah Hopkinson. I record using Riverside FM. If you're interested in developing an interview-based webcast like mine, I highly recommend this platform. Shoot me an email and I'll direct you to the wonderful folks there. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest, email me at secondactactors at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. My love language is words of affirmation, so compliments, constructive criticism, and feedback are always welcome and encouraged. Negative Nancys, Judgy McJudgersons, or Debbie Downers, unless you're Rachel Dratch, regarding me or my guests are not welcome. It takes serious courage to share your story with the world, so if you're tempted to negatively comment about someone else's story, please ask your therapist why you're such a garbage person. Save the drama for the stage. On that happy note, I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye! Bye!